0: If you are a clinical lead or a practice manager and your primary care network to-do list is growing by the minute and you could do with an extra pair of hands to deliver some of your projects and network-based services, I would absolutely love to help you. So come and check us out at www.thcprimarycare.co.uk. Now let's jump into this week's episode.
1: Hi, Tommy. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Business of Healthcare podcast. How are you doing?
2: I'm doing great, thanks. I've just uh, got back from the school run, which was a bit blustery, but yeah, otherwise doing excellent. How
1: many kids do you have?
2: I've got three kids now. And yeah, I get to do the school run two days a week, which uh, is one of the, my favourite things, really, because for so many years, I was working really long hours and couldn't do it. So now that I can do it, I still find it a real privilege, whatever the weather, mm. which probably sounds a bit weird to people that do it every day and are really bored of it. But I love it.
1: Well, no, today I was due to do the school run. And then I was like, Mark, can you do it?
2: <laughs> so
1: <laughs> we take it in turns, just like you guys here, yeah, we take it in turns. <laughs> So thank you so much for joining me today. So you run an organization amongst many things. You can give our listeners a bit of an introduction, but if we start with Medics Money, my understanding is you guys are the go-to for all things for GPs looking to manage their finances. You provide resources. Now you've got a podcast, you've got blogs, and you also partner with advisors to support your GPs. Is that correct?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So Medics Money is run by myself, and I'm a GP, but also got some other roles as well, which we can talk about. And then the other half of Medics Money is my colleague, Ed, who's also a GP. But before being a doctor, uh, Ed was or still is a chartered accountant and chartered tax advisor. And we set up Medics Money together to empower doctors to make better financial decisions. And as you say, it, very, very simply, we do two things. One, we give doctors the financial education, which almost certainly they never got at medical school or anywhere else, to empower them to manage their own finances better. For those that need it, we connect them to a specialist medical accountant, a specialist financial advisor or a specialist mortgage advisor from our nationwide network. And they are, all those in our network are what we consider to be the very best uh, in the country to advise doctors.
1: What makes your partners the very best?
2: Good question. Yeah. So I think to understand a bit more about why we started Medics Money and why our partners are the best, it might be useful to sort of go on a, a long and winding history lesson of how we started. The real Medics Money story starts about 12 years ago when I left medical school. I was the first one of my family to go to medical school, came from humble beginnings and didn't have any financial support. And as a result, I graduated with £85,000 of debt. And throughout medical school, I didn't get any, or school or anything else. I didn't get any financial education on how to manage my money. And then suddenly, I left med school with eighty-five grand of debt, and I had to learn very quickly how to manage my money better. And what followed was a slightly long and torturous journey about managing my money, how to pay down debt, how to invest, you know, making the right financial decisions. And along that way, I learned lots of really valuable lessons. You know, at, at med school the only kind of financial education that we got was from salespeople, basically, who were trying to sell us stuff. So they were telling us about the products that made them the most money. They weren't telling us about what we needed to do, the basics, you know, how to pay the right amount of tax, how to manage your finances, set a budget, how to pay down debt, how to invest for the future. And so during the course of that, you know, I got quite good at managing my money. And I think what happened was, you may or may not know that doctors can uh, claim tax back on the professional expenses that we pay. So GP exams, for example, are really, really expensive. But if you claim the tax back on those, you can get up to 40% of that money back. And that's a lot of money. The average GP trainee using the resources on Medics money, which are totally free, gets a a tax reclaim of £2,345. So anyway, when I was back trying to drag myself out of my 85,000 pound debt hole, I got a massive tax rebate. And then a couple of my friends who were also doctors were like, Hey, how do we do that? So I was like, well, this is how I did it. And they're like, Oh, why is no one telling us about this? Or why is it a bit tricky? And I was like, yeah, why is no one telling us about it? But anyway, I've told you. So here we go. And then they told their friends and then they told their friends. And suddenly I was helping out a tremendous amount of people to just do what I was doing basically. And we were all kind of helping each other. But it started to get too big. You know, I, I love being a doctor. I still am a doctor. And I never wanted to get into something like this. And so I tried to sort of shut that down in terms of helping other people by just saying, look, you know, I'm helping so many, like maybe you guys could help yourself. But it just wouldn't, it just wouldn't die, basically, because there was such a need for it. And so then I was doing an A&E locum shift one day, and uh, I bumped into this guy who was a chartered accountant, tax advisor, and a doctor. Ed's story we go through on the podcast, but essentially he went to Cambridge, got a first class degree in economics, went to Coopers in London, one of the most prestigious accountancy firms in the country, maybe in the world. And he worked there for nine years. And then he had a kind of life-changing medical event, which meant that he spent some time in hospital and was exposed to what doctors do. And he decided to retrain as a doctor. And then He tells this great story on our podcast, basically, that he was working on the ward as a medical student. And there was a healthcare assistant there who was working two jobs. So she worked at the hospital and she also worked in McDonald's. And she was just saying about her pay that the more she worked at McDonald's, the less she got paid. And she just couldn't understand it. And Ed just had a look at her pay slips and was like, well, you know, the reason is because HMRC think you're earning, you know, your personal allowance, your tax allowance is not being applied correctly. So he just sorted it out for her. And then that that kind of got around and eventually he was doing all of his consultants self-assessments and everything like that just to help Pay his way through medical school, basically, but it was never a formal thing. So when we bumped into each other in A and E, we got chatting, and it was just we were saying, "Look, somebody needs to help the medical profession to make better financial decisions." You know, we're not getting the medical education that we need. There's there's great advisors out there, but there's also terrible advisors who are giving our colleagues terrible advice, and no one's got a database of who's good and why they're good, and so. We, we were like, yeah, somebody should really do this. Like someone should do it. And because we both, you know, Ed was training full time to be a doctor. and We both love being doctors. I think we kind of hesitated. we never, we'd got no business experience. So we just hesitated and we were just waiting for someone else to do it. And all the time, it, we were getting bigger and bigger, helping more and more of our friends because everybody knew, oh, well, Ed's an accountant and Tommy does this. And it just got really big. And so eventually, about 18 months ago, we were like, okay, let's just do it full bore. And that is a very short story about how Medic's Money was born. And what we've realized is that a lot of our colleagues feel the same, that they don't have enough information to manage their money. And they just need an authoritative, independent, unbiased source of advice to help them make better financial decisions. And if they do need the services of an accountant, a financial advisor, or a mortgage advisor, their medics money has what we consider to be the very best in the country. So on to your question, really, which is why are we the best? And I think to understand that, you have to go back to what we were doing. So when, when it was just me and Ed helping our friends, someone will come to us and say, look, I need to claim a tax rebate. And we'd be like, okay, that's fine. Like, We can help you do that. No worries. Uh, and then someone else would come along and say, look, I've got this pensions problem. And we are like, okay, that's really complicated. So we knew a few people locally who were good. Uh, and we would say, okay, so you've got a pensions problem. You go see this, this person. Uh, and someone else comes along and said, look, I'm a GP partner. And I need uh, to someone to review my accounts before the accounts meeting or whatever. You say, okay, you go see this person. And what we realized through that is, as I said, there's a tremendous number of excellent advisors out there, but there's also some less good advisors. And doctors' finances. Are really complicated, uh, and it's a specialist area. You know, just think about GPs. You know, they've had, they've got their practice accounts, they've got their PCN thing going on. There's final pay controls. There's tax issues with the PCN. There's the pension issues. But it, you know, for consultants, it's the same. They've got the pensions issues. They might have other income streams, and even right down to junior doctors trying to get a mortgage. You know, the way that they're paid in the banding and stuff. A non-specialist mortgage advisor. Generally struggles a bit with that, so we noticed that non-specialist advisors tended to give out incorrect advice, and there was no real way for doctors to know who was good and who wasn't. So, what we did was build a network of people that we considered to be the very, very best, and we allow doctors to leave reviews for those advisors, and those reviews are verified by GMC number. So, if you see a review on our site and it's from a doctor, you know that that's been verified by GMC number, because one of the big problems with online reviews, as I'm sure you're aware, is, is fake reviews. So that's the way that we combat that, because if, if a doctor's left a review, it's via GMC verified doctor. And so initially, the biggest problem we had was we just couldn't find, I mean, me and Ed are really selective with who we recommend, Perhaps too 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 selective, maybe, but we 'll get on to that, and so we just could not find people enough people that fitted our criteria. So when we started, we only had three advisors, and that was really tough. Building out the network was so tough because we were approached by loads of people, and we put them through our due diligence and then at the end of the day, the criteria is, and still is: would me and Ed recommend these people to our mates like we were at the start? And there's not many advisors that fulfill those criteria. And they are, in a nutshell, our criteria today. So now we have a network of 38 spanning from Scotland down to Devon, out to Ipswich in the east. And, we, and those 38 are what we consider to be this country's very best advisors that fulfill our really long and boring list of due diligence criteria. But essentially the criteria is, would me and Ed recommend these to our friends like we did at the start? And what our website does is it matches the doctor's requirements to the accountants, like I said. So in the early days, me and Ed would be like, okay, tell me your problem. What, what do you need, mate? And then they would tell us and we were like, okay, this is the best one for you. And what we've done is built that into our website in our search algorithm so that if you tell us that you're a consultant anesthetist and you need help with pensions and you're located in Luton, we will, algorithm will match you in the same way that me and Ed used to manually match our mates to the best uh, advisor for the job. So yeah, that's kind of what and why we do it.
1: So how many people are currently in, that use um, Medic's Money?
2: Yeah, good question. So there's lots of ways you can measure that. So, um, and I just did some stats for a presentation last week. So Last month, we had about 20,000 unique users to our website. Our total amount of users was around, since we started, is about 150,000 with about 650,000 page views. We have over 20,000 doctors who receive our free financial CPD emails. So that's some kind of measures of mm. the size. So, I mean, some people have been really kind and impressed about the size of the network that we've built, but actually, we're just getting started, you know, okay, we've got 20,000 email subscribers, but there's about 250,000 doctors mm. in this country. So there's still so it's, many more yeah. people out there that we need to reach and that we, we need to help. So yeah, that's a kind of the size of us right now.
1: Do you know the split uh, within your demographics with the number of users? So the percentage of male and female and maybe their ethnicity, are there any themes coming out that you have seen to date?
2: we do not collect that type of demographic data so on medics money we were really from the start we were really certain with one thing and that was that we were only going to collect enough data for us to do what we need to do so if you join medics money as a subscriber we ask you whether you're a what type of doctor you are so are you a junior doctor are you a consultant are you a gp uh, and the only reason we ask that is because then when you join our email list, we put you on a kind of a little mini email course because, you know, we got 20,000 subscribers. If, you, if you're not with us, okay, you're, you're running a bit behind. But when you join us, we give you an email course to help you catch up. Now, obviously, the financial issues are different from a junior doctor, where our information is more focused on you know getting started how to pay down your student debt how to you know plan your career and your finances versus a consultant where we're talking about you know how to minimize your you know expenditure and make better tax efficient decisions and talk about pensions so the only demographic data we collect is that that is required to deliver the best quality free CPD that we can to our users. And then if you uh, try to find an accountant with us, we collect a few bit, bit more bits of data, but we collect no sex or ethnicity data whatsoever because we don't need it to match you or do what we do. So we just collect okay. the minimum that we need.
1: When did you realise that this was a business?
2: <laughs> yeah, so... When we first started, you know, I said that me and Ed, we met and we debated about this for ages. I mean, really, if you think about it, the business started about six years ago, but I sat on the idea for so long because I was just so focused on being a doctor and I love being a doctor. And so I think the re- when we realized it was a business, basically, we bootstrapped the whole thing. So we funded it ourselves and we can talk about why we chose to do that. And we gave ourselves a two-year time frame. So that is, the two years is up in January coming up. Uh, and by that time, we wanted it to feel, we have some criteria. So we wanted to feel like we made a significant impact to help a significant number of people to make better financial decisions. But also, you know, this is a business and making money is not our sole focus. And we'll talk about that as well, but it it does need to pay its, for itself. And so, By those two years coming up in January, we wanted it to be that me and Ed could spend some time on it, enough time to make the business a viable proposition. And actually, amazingly, we reached that point probably a couple of months ago, super early, where it was a key point, really, because one thing that's really slowed us down is that Ed was still training as a GP. So he's just qualified now. And we were very, very clear that Ed's training would always take priority, but that meant that we grew quite slowly. But being a doctor is still our sole focus. And so when Ed finished, we needed to be in a position that Medic's Money could pay Ed a couple of days a week to do what he does with Medic's Money. Uh, and amazingly, we, we reached that point. So I guess you know only recently have we realized that this is a viable business proposition. And... We never set out to make money with this. We set out to help our colleagues, but really it does need to make money. It does need to support me and Ed, and it does need to be a viable proposition. But I would say that making money is a byproduct of what we do. Our whole website is free for doctors to use. And, you know, one of the criticisms that people have made of us is that we give away too much for free. So our tax rebate guide, I said that the average GP saves £2,345. £2,345. It's totally free. We give it away for free. I just, we just wrote an ebook, uh, it's 10,000 words. And some, some, the biggest criticism that some people have said is why are you giving this away for free? And the reason we're giving it away for free is that our business model is to think what doctors need, build it, and then think, okay, how can we give this to doctors for the lowest cost or ideally free? And we have a model that allows us to do that, which is really great.
1: Is that question, "Why are you giving it away for free a criticism, or is it just a is it just a question
2: Yeah, I think it comes generally from really well-meaning people we we've been blown away by the support that we get from the medical community. And those numbers that I read out about email data and traffic mm-hmm. data, etc. You know, almost all of that is organic, you know, and so doctors use our stuff. And then the, the main thing we get is why has no one ever done this before? And it's like, yeah, well, that's what me and Ed were saying two years ago. And now we're here. So I don't think it's a criticism. But it's a kind of, um, you know, I think we probably could charge for our but we probably could charge for our tax rebate guide. But as long as it, the business is sustaining itself and me and Ed can take a few days out of our careers as doctors and cover our bills as i said we're not looking to we're not going to make millions and millions out of this it's just not that kind of business but we're helping our colleagues we love doing it we're really passionate about it you know we we started it we bootstrapped the whole thing funded it ourselves and we didn't know that we were going to make money, but we just wanted to try and solve a, a bit a pretty big problem. And um, yeah, I think uh, the criticism might just be an observation that, you know, you could do this. And we do have a few things in the pipeline now, which I think are going to drive alternative revenue streams and give terrific value to doctors. So stay tuned.
1: So where you said you never set out to make money, you just want to help, never going to make millions, you want to still be a doctor. So as somebody that runs a business you have repeatedly said and if i have was an investor you've repeatedly said i want to be a doctor we're only scratching the surface there are so many more not just doctors clinicians out there that may not have the financial acumen if I was an investor and I'd be, I'd be thinking, well, I want to get involved. I've got the expertise to help you grow it. It doesn't just have to be for doctors. It could, it could support many, many types of clinicians that have got locum, that are locums that work on, that have got portfolio careers. So is there, are you thinking big enough? Do you not, and do, or do you not want to?
2: We are thinking massive and you're talking about investors. That's a really interesting topic for us because when we first started this, our, pretty much our very, remember me and, me and Ed have no business experience, right? Nothing. Our first pitch was with a massive organization who we were sending out so many emails like we got this crazy idea to help doctors and everyone was like, no, 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 no. And then these guys were like, come to London. You've got 45 minutes for your pitch. And we were like, whoa, okay, let's go. So we went there, we did the pitch. We'd never pitched anything before. Ed was actually on a night shift uh, on the day before, but we couldn't reschedule because they were such a big player. So I actually met Ed at the station. He came straight from A&E and I literally fed him a quadruple shot uh, espresso so that he was ready for the meeting. It was insane. And the pitch went amazingly. And they were like, yeah, we want to invest. And we were like, wow, that was pretty easy. <laughs> so we were like, okay, let's, let's do it. And then they were like, okay, but we only want to limit, we want to, we'll, we'll, we'll fund the whole thing, but we want to limit you to this subset of doctors. We're not really interested in helping this subset of doctors, which fair enough, they weren't involved with that. So we're like, mm, okay. And then they were like, and also we've got this pre-existing commercial relationship with one of the biggest financial advice firms in the country that specializes in doctors. And we, and we were like, okay, let's have a look at them. And we're like, oh, they don't fit our criteria. We wouldn't recommend them to our mates. Like, And so after some deliberation, we turned it down. And to be fair to the people that, that, that were there, the individuals at that organization, they were so supportive that one of them said to us, like, we could see how nervous you guys were, but that was one of the best pitches I've ever heard. And we were like, wow, that means a lot to us because you've heard a lot. And actually, that organization ended up supporting us for a bit. It worked out for the better, but we did not enter into a financial arrangement with them. And that just opened our eyes to, if I'm an investor, like I am an investor, I invest in lots of things. I want to make money, and I also want to help people. But my primary focus is making money. And I think that first experience was an eye-opener for us. So in terms of would we want to work with investors, absolutely. But they would need to share our ethos, which is, as I said, we're helping doctors by providing most of our stuff is completely free. Our whole website is completely free. And that's our drive, our overriding thing. When we build something, we, we see the problem, we build the solution, like the tax rebate guide, and then we're like, right, how can we deliver this for low cost or free? And we're building some other stuff right now, which is the same way. The whole culture of Money is, okay, let's build the very best that we can and then work out how we can deliver it to the doctors for the lowest cost. And so that was our sort of early experience of investing. And we've had a few sort of similar experiences recently. But what I would say is that if you're out there and you share those values and you have an organization that wants to help doctors, jump on board, you know. Excellent.
1: So when we first spoke, you said that I think in the past, people had turned you down for, ver- for various things because you were too small. And now you're in the situation or that you're in the position where people are wanting to work with you. Aside from the people that you may not fit your criteria regarding, would I refer you to your friends? But people are starting to approach you to work, be a partner in some shape or form. And you've said, now I've had to say to them, no, no, because... It, it, Essentially, are are you big enough to support us? Talk to me a little bit more about that.
2: Yeah. So I guess this is partly an internal conflict for me and partly because it's so raw in my mind. You know, we're 18 months old. And I remember, you know, sending out our pitch and people will come back to us, you know, big big organizations and say, This is brilliant. This is brilliant. But you know, you're not big enough or you know that that was basically the thing like and the frustrating thing for me was that they loved the and I was like look if you think the idea is rubbish just just level with me now and let's not waste each other's time they were like no we love the idea we think it's brilliant but you're not big enough or we've got a pre-existing commercial arrangement and you guys are giving it away for free which isn't helping anybody except the doctors and so the most frustrating thing about that in a way was that now you know 12 18 months later some of those organizations who said no to us have come back to us and said let's work together. And it's like, okay, great. Like, but you know, like nothing has changed about us except we've got some slightly bigger numbers. Our proposition is still exactly the same and nothing has changed. And I just couldn't really understand that. And it was really frustrating until people started approaching me and say, I've got this great idea and I've got zero track record in business. And my idea is to give stuff away to doctors for free. And and I'm like, yeah, that is, that is a great idea. It's almost as crazy as our idea. And and then I think about how much time it's going to mean me investing to help them. And then I think about how young Medics Money is and how really we're still in a very fast, accelerating growth phase. And you have to choose between one or the other. And, you know, I just can't choose the other option. And then what compounds that feeling of inadequacy for me now, but now the shoes on the other foot is that we actually have a mentor and he is Dr. Abdullah Albiati. He runs medical chain. So it's basically using Bitcoin to improve electronic health records. And he's raised $24 million and he went on a podcast and he said, like, if you're a young business looking to help doctors, just LinkedIn me. Like everyone says that. So I was like, right, I'll LinkedIn him. And he got back to me. I was like, whoa, okay, this hasn't happened before. And, and now he mentors us, you know, and he, you know, when our podcast had no listeners, he still found time in his schedule to come on our podcast. And he, he really helps us mentor us because he believes passionately in what we do. And so he finds a time, which is great, but still i'm struggling to find the time so i guess that's a sort of summary of why i feel like that way and i don't really know what how to resolve that
1: so it sounds like it's a, it's, a, it's so it's not you saying to potential partners you're too small it's you are focused on being a doctor and developing medics money
2: yeah so essentially something would have to give, you know. So, I since I started Medics Money, I've already dropped one day of clinical. So now I only do three days of clinical. And that was a really tough decision for me because, as I said, I love being a doctor, but I've been kind of surprised by how much I love doing Medics Money. And so it was a really tough call to drop a day. And I guess if you're, if I'm saying I'm going to help out these other people, I'm saying, am I going to drop another day of, of medicine for that? And right now, as I say, me and Ed. I still love being doctors. So yeah, this is an internal conflict for me, I think. But yeah, I see so many people with great ideas. And I know how hard it is to get that going and the commitment and the drive and how many people are going to say no to you and how many people are going to say, that is a crazy idea, it's never going to work. And I'm not saying Medic's money is working amazingly well, but it's at the point where me and Ed can drop a day and two days and work on it, you know, in a much more full... We have someone on it effectively full-time every day. And that is something that we've needed for a long, long time.
1: And what does that person do?
2: Yeah. So, I mean, you've started a business. So you know how it is at the start, startup phase. Uh, there's minimal minimal personnel on the ground, me and Ed, and maximum work. And the startup phase was really, really, I loved it, but it was really draining. You know, there's so much going on. And yeah, we have grown really, really fast, considering me and Ed were still working as doctors as well, full time, up until quite recently. So in the first startup phase, everyone does everything basically. The one thing that we did contract out really early is our web design and development of our software because our website's not just your bog standard, here's my product, buy it website. It's actually quite a complicated beast. I mentioned we got our search algorithm. We've got 38 advisors who all all have a portal on there that they can manage their own stuff. And the reason we did that is that we built automation at the very heart of the business. Because if me and Ed are going to carry on being doctors and we keep scaling like we are, if we did not automate things, it just wouldn't work. So we invested really heavily in automation in web design. And so that basically left a zero budget for marketing, PR, You know, going around, pitching our idea to people, growing our lists. We had almost, I said it was almost all organic. You know, we, we, We've grown that 20,000 lists organically because we've built this amazing community of like-minded doctors who are all supporting each other and i think you know organic growth is notoriously slow but most of our growth has been organic because doctors are saying look i downloaded this free tax guide and i got 2 grand back in tax and and people are scratching their heads like what what's the catch like what's going on how has no one told me about this before and, and there is there is no catch it's just that no one's told you about it before we're here telling you about it and off you go and Right now, we split our roles quite nicely. I think me and Ed are really, really different in our personalities, but we work really, really well together. So Ed is obviously with the Chartered Accountancy, Chartered Tax Advisor. He makes a lot of our content, which our content is really, really popular. We do really well on SEO because we we not only raise the problem like your tax code is wrong, but we also give a step-by-step guide solution to you fixing it yourself online for free without needing an accountant. So Ed does a lot of that sort of stuff, content. I tend to do more of this kind of stuff, you know, they're promoting the business and things like that. And then we both make the strategic decisions because when you're bootstrapping funding something yourself, you know, some decisions you know are massive. And if you make the wrong one and you're bootstrapping it, our budget was so small that if we'd have made the wrong decisions, you know, that would have been it for us. We'd have been done because we had no backup. So we had no, we only had the money that we had. So yeah, right now we split it like that. And then we have somebody else who um, does our SEO. That's a really important part for us uh, and does all our graphics and stuff. And we have someone who edits our podcast for us as well, which was kindly recommended by one of the best podcast hosts Uh, in the business. No no
1: problem, no problem. Thanks for that. (laughs) So are you saying you've only, so since starting, you've only made the right decisions?
2: Definitely not, no you know, as I said, me and Ed have never done this before. And so inevitably, we've made lots of mistakes. But I think, as doctors, we are good at learning from those mistakes. And, you know, following on from what I just said, we have not made any fatal mistakes. Absolutely not. But we have made lots of little mistakes. Well, I say little mistakes. I mean, one of the biggest uh, mistakes that you could argue that we made is at the very start, we sat down together and we were like, look, we know what the problem is. There's two options here. We can either start our own accounting, financial advice, mortgage advice firm. And if we'd have done that, we would be right now one of the biggest firms in the country, just purely on the numbers. But we decided not to do that because both of us still wanted to work as doctors. and We, we didn't want to do this, you know, 100%. And so that's why we came up with the Medics Money Solution, which is essentially to we do the free content and the free guides and all of that. And if you need advice, we link you for free to the very best in the business.
1: And then the very best in the business pay you to be on that platform.
2: Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So the all the advisors pay to be on Medix Money. And that's a big step for some of them because essentially they those advisors support us giving away thousands of pounds of information for free. And the amazing thing that we found is that every single one of those advisors is 100% committed to that. And we say, look, we're holding a webinar next week. Uh, we're going to be talking about this. Does anyone want to come on it? And they all want to come. And it's largely you know, just giving away their knowledge for free. And of course, there are parts where they are potentially going to make money. They, they are businesses. But without their investment in our project, which is to educate doctors... It, this wouldn't be a thing. But from their point of view, it makes a lot of sense because they are the best in the business and what we're doing is we're telling doctors what does a good accountant look like? What does a good financial advisor look like? And so if, if you are the best in the business, you've got nothing to worry about because you're going to be, you know, it's, it's obvious why you're the best. So yeah, so uh, that could be potentially if you were looking at a purely business point of view, if we'd started our own firm, we would have made a, a tremendous amount of money right now. Tremendous, you know. Uh, But we deliberately decided not to do that. So I think that that you could say that was a mistake. It was actually a deliberate decision that we made. And yeah, but I feel probably the biggest mistake we made is that I said, look, I sat on this idea for about five years for various reasons. Mm -hmm. I didn't think I had the time. I didn't think I had the ability. I didn't think that other doctors would share our content to allow us to grow our list in a cost-effective, organic way. I just didn't think that would happen. And I guess we lacked a bit of confidence, really, that that it was possible, you know, we're doctors, we are trained to be doctors, we receive no training in business whatsoever. And suddenly, it's like, right, bootstrap a business, launch it into a really competitive market space and change the narrative about what good advice looks like, disrupt the marketplace by shining a bright light of transparency on what fees do financial advisors charge? And who is that leaving a review? Like, is that a GMC registered doctor leaving a review? Or is it one of their mates leaving a review on medics money? It's a GMC registered doctor. So yeah, I think, That would be my biggest regret is definitely sitting on the idea for five years.
1: So You've mentioned growth quite a lot. Are you in control of your growth? Or are you just putting it out there and just seeing what happens and then running to catch up? Or are you strategically trying to grow it, knowing and understanding the capacity that it takes from you and Ed to maintain it?
2: Yeah, so uh, definitely we're very in control. So the mistakes that we didn't make is because we were using our own money, we developed our minimal viable product for really low cost. And then we trialed that extensively, you know, really extensively. And we were really patient with that. So in terms of the growth, the other thing I mentioned is that automation is a big part of what Medics Money does. And when I knew that we had got it really right was at the start of the coronavirus pandemic, because when the pandemic started, I had just dropped my clinical days. So I'd just gone down to three days, right? And then the pandemic came, and I had to go back full time. Well, I didn't have to, but of course, I'm a doctor primarily, and it was it was mayhem, right? So I went back full time. Ed was going back like more than full time. And so basically, we had to decide to just leave the business to run itself. And in my mind, I was like, oh, this is just the worst possible timing for us. We were just getting big. What's going to happen? And then the figures came in for March and it was like, traffic's up, email engagement's up, you know, number of people finding an accountant's up. And we were like, whoa, this is brilliant. Like we did, we did almost nothing last month to grow the business, but it's just growing itself. But better than that, because of the automations that we've built in and the way we've designed the software, we still offered the same excellent service that we were offering when me, me and Ed were on it full time, but we, we were both working in the pandemic. And, um, and so at that point, I knew that, yeah, we definitely set it up right. So if a thousand people listen to this podcast and log on to tomorrow and find an accountant uh, using our software... Great, but we have the capacity and the scale to deal with that because of the way that the automation works, basically.
1: And can I just ask, I suppose, a couple of final questions. Is it just GPs? Sorry, not GPs, is it just doctors that you help? Can yeah. a nurse sneak on there and still find?
2: <laughs> yeah. So that is a really great question because we got a really good roadmap for where we're going and what we're planning to do. And right now. All our our blog content is freely accessible to anybody. Just log on and get it. If you subscribe, you get some bonus stuff and stuff that's more relevant to you. Because if I know that you've told me you're a a consultant, I send you stuff relevant to consultants. But yes, is the answer. But there are, as you say, other health professionals, nurses, physios, uh, OTs that have exactly the same challenges that doctors have. And we really want to help them. So that is on our roadmap of things to do. But I think our plan is to really crack one area doctors once you crack that it'd be really super easy to just template that over to to the other professions that you mentioned because absolutely they need our help and actually when we first started you know we helped nurses to do their taxes and stuff and we helped teachers you know friends of our friends and stuff and so that's where we're going but we're going to just concentrate on really really doing a great job on one area and then move it to others.
1: And I suppose the final question is, what have you learned most about yourself in these past 18 months of establishing this business? You've got a young family. The world of business is a fantastic teacher. What has it taught you so far?
2: I think (laughs) it's taught me so much. It's been an amazing learning experience. But for other people listening out out there, what it's taught me is that Yes, medicine did not teach me anything about business at all, but we have so many transferable skills as doctors, literally so many. So I mentioned our first pitch that we went pretty well and ultimately we declined the investment. We started to think about pitches in terms of when we present a a patient on the ward round, you know, this is the problem and this is my summation of the problem. And this is my solution. And this is the treatment that I've done for that patient. And we just treat our pictures in a fairly similar way. And there's a lot of synergy between that. And th- there's so much overlap. So if you're a doctor like me and you were think- you've got an idea and you're sat there thinking, I don't have the skills to do it, you probably don't have them right now, but you can really easily develop them and just go for it.
1: Thank you so much. And just can you repeat, if people want to know, find out more about you guys, where can they go?
2: Yes. So our website is medicsmoney.co.uk and we have our free ebook, which is probably our most valuable resource, which is obviously free. And you can download that at medicsmoney.co.uk forward slash ebook. Cool. Thanks a lot. Thanks so much for having us.
0: Thank you so much for joining us and if you like what you hear it would be great if you could give us a shout out on social media. You can find me on Twitter at THC Primary Care, on Instagram again at THC Primary Care or on LinkedIn just look for Tara Humphrey and if you really like it it would be great if you left us an iTunes five-star rating and review and I will see you in the next episode.